It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to LetterMonroe.com. I am Jeremy Birmingham. This is Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Byers Automotive and, of course, LetterMonroe. I'm joined today by Spencer Holbrook, as always, but also the always entertaining Austin Ward. Who? What am I doing here? Uh, Austin is here because, you know what? I, I, you guys know me. You know I don't like hyperbole. I don't exaggerate, ever. I've never exaggerated in my entire life. Um, but Wednesday's camp at Ohio State, the first recruiting camp since 2019, maybe the single most important recruiting camp in the history of sports. And so I figured we should just all talk about it. And and that's why we're here on talking stuff, Um, talking of stuff about that camp, but not just that camp, but June and just really guys like how great it felt to be in a almost normal environment for the first time in more than a year. Yeah, that part was incredible. Uh, And, I don't know how to rank them historically, Berm. You, you've you been to more. So if you say it's the best, uh, most important of all time, I believe you. But I, just the, in terms of relief or excitement to be there, because I know sometimes they can be tedious for coaches, for players, for people covering it, uh, you know, like you, me, or Spencer in the past. But there were so many people that were relieved uh, to be there, excited by the opportunity to uh, you know, take off the masks here in Ohio to be inside the Woody again, to see people competing in person. You know, we got to see that a couple of weeks ago in Texas, but to have that here for coaches to be able to get their hands on kids and offer instruction again, there were a bunch of, I mean, there was so much going on in there, you know, a couple hundred kids and then unofficial visitors taking tours. Um, you know, it was as close to normal as the Woody Hayes Athletic Center has been since March of last year. Spencer, that's why it's important, right? Because it, that's why it's the most important camp, because it's the first one that tells us that maybe things are going to be normalizing. And then the, the most important camp in history now becomes the next one, because it's all about progression and getting things back to normal, where every single day becomes the most important day in recruiting. Yeah, and you talk about it's the most important camp ever, but it is one of the more important camps that that I've been to at Ohio State because there were five guys who earned scholarship offers. There were uh, the coaches got to evaluate for the first time in over a year. Everything did feel a little bit normal again. And it's a sign of what's to come throughout the month. I think it re- that camp yesterday really set the tone for how the month is going to play out. Some of the guys that they're going to bring in, some of the guys they brought in yesterday. I just thought it was a really productive day for Ohio State for the players who were there. Um, just to, to get back into the groove of it, you saw a lot a lot of smiles. Sometimes there's some stress going on with how, how to coordinate everything. It just everything seemed to run smoothly and it showed what what could be in store for the rest of the month. It was it was pretty exciting to be at. Yeah, we're gonna talk a lot of stuff about the details of the camp and the, the five players that were offered, some other guys that uh, opened up some eyeballs and that kind of stuff. But I wanna start by going back to last week's show. Spencer and I were talking about JT Tui, Tui Moloau and the timeline of the visits and the uh, enrollment and all that stuff. And one of the things I love most about camp settings is the chance to talk to people in person who you don't get a chance to talk to often. And you can uh, 
either be corrected on perspective or be told that they were incorrect on perspective when they told you stuff. And so now there's this, this little window now that opens up for Ohio State. From what I'm told, there is a abbreviated uh, summer class schedule that starts on like July 6th for Ohio State, which now becomes the circle date for when JT Tui Malowau wants to be enrolled in school. So he is going to play the official visit card. He's going to make all the official visits. And the goal now is, from what I understand, to be enrolled in a school in July. So when I was talking last week with Spencer, we were talking about maybe August is the timeline. I think right now we're looking like that July 1st, July 4th is the sort of the latest date for JTT. So I wanted to start with that because I think that's something people obviously always are interested in. Um, and maybe the last update felt a little doomy and gloomy, but like there is at least a little bit of maybe. a... Me, I mean, you know, I, I thought it was it was interesting because that's what I was told from, from people at the program that that's the date they were looking for was that June 22nd. But now there has been some clarification and there is an opportunity now for the July 6th uh, enrollment date. So uh, it doesn't eliminate Ohio State if he's intending on doing summer camp, which I was or summer school, which I was told specifically he is. On, on I was told that Wednesday. So I wanted to start there because I think I know that's, you know, the big thing for people. Well, it's also, and, and as you and I talked about when when you wrote about this on Sunday, you know, it, his plans can change whenever they, whenever he feels like he want, wants to take all five, he can cancel one of the five. He makes his decision. You know, I, I think you're, as you've talked about with the people we, you know, over the last week that are in tune with his plans, maybe with Ohio State specifically, you know, he's probably going to follow through with all five and he wants to be in, in school by July, but, um, None of that has said for any of this. What's fascinating about being the last target on the board is that he's got that flexibility. If, if he wants to wait all the way until August, he could do that. Um, and I think that I wanted to make that clear when we were working on your story on Sunday. Like, he could, it could be the day before and you decide not to go do something. Yeah. You know, he's, it's been up in the air. Um, I'm not suggesting that he's flaking out or anything like that. But if, if Ohio State's visit blows him away, don't have to leave town, right? I mean, he could stay around for another two weeks and, and wait for, for school to start. But um, what's been fascinating for me on my side, as you've covered this throughout, is he's such a mystery because he talks to so few people about what he wants to do that you have to read these tea leaves and piece together the clues for what he wants to do. And, um, you know, we get feedback and hear about it, but uh, until he actually follows through and does something, really, that's the only indication that you get that's official. Yeah, Spencer, this is the last time we are going to talk about JT2 and Malowau until he makes his official visit uh, 15 days from now. So I want to give you the last word on JTT until then. Wow. Um, wow, I, is it? I, okay, that's it. Move wow. Yeah, I like it. I was, I was allowed this show one, is great. One well, I final said, I word. I said the last word, and uh, I, I didn't say the last, like, sentence, Spencer. <laughs> Well, I won't give okay. you a sentence. I'll, Fine. I'll, give you I'll, a, I'll defer. Let, let's get a, a, a complete thought. So I think that July, first week of July date that you just threw out kind of does make a difference because there was some doom and gloom from that episode. When you listen back to it, there was a little bit of, uh, well, this doesn't look good for Ohio State. Now, I think that puts Ohio State back. And, you know, we're getting this information, you know, it's just trickling in very, very slowly. So when you hear that July 6th date, now it becomes a little bit more of a, okay, take a sigh of relief, Ohio State. Now you can can go back to work and 
and not have to worry about, well, if he doesn't enroll by June 22nd, then it's done. Ohio State's not the choice. See, I didn't want it to, to be doomy and gloomy because, as we talked about on that last show, he could just enroll in August and it wouldn't make a difference. So, Or he could change his mind and not take all the visits. The whole, the whole thing with this recruitment is, as, we, as we've already said here and ad nauseum over the last few months, it's literally whatever the kid wants to do is going to happen. And we, nobody has any clue other than him and his family what the, the plans are. So all we can do is base what we're projecting on what he said, because to this point, everything that has been reported that he is going to do, he has done. So, um, you know, now now you just have to assume that um, all five official visits are going to be taken. He's going to wrap up in Alabama on the 27th. He's going to go home, make a decision, and, and, and enroll somewhere the next week. So that that seems to be the, the way it's going to go. And that's where we'll end the 2021 class. Hopefully the discussion about that will be over, uh, you know, a month from now. And we can focus entirely on the class of 2022 um, and staying on the defensive line. I think that was the biggest story for me on Wednesday at the camp at Ohio State. What And the biggest, and I mean that literally and figuratively, when you're talking about Kenneth Grant, the six foot five, 350-pound defensive tackle from Merrillville, Indiana, who, um, I mean, he he sat down. We, you know, we, we got there for the morning session, and you're looking, and you see a couple dudes that look like dudes. And a lot of kids that don't. I mean, that's the thing about these camps. There are 250, 300 kids, and there's really only seven or eight of them that you look at and you think, okay, that's an Ohio State caliber player. And then you see a kid like Kenneth Grant, who then you you know you should whip out the phone and start pulling up his profile and be like, okay, three star, number 117 ranked defensive tackle in the country, offers from a bunch of schools that you know offer everyone like you know, Kentucky and Purdue's of the world. And then you see Michigan offer in there and you start, okay, maybe that, you know, Nebraska's in there. Indiana hasn't offered, which is ironic. But then the kid runs a, a 5-1-4 in the 40 at 350 pounds at six foot five. And and you, you know, Spencer brought this over to me when we were there. And he's like, dude, did you just see Larry Johnson's eyes? Like he lit up and, and he did. I mean, and then he watched him the second time and Larry, you could just see him shaking his head like, a kid this big isn't supposed to move that well. Um, and then they put him through the paces and did the one-on-one -on -one drills. And then you put him in the you know offensive-defensive line drills, and he dominated there, very quick first step off the ball. And he leaves Ohio State with an offer and, and, an, and an obvious you know uh, impression on, on the Buckeye staff that you're like, okay, now all of a sudden you start to, to take a look at the defensive line recruiting. And Austin, this might be a little bit out of your purview because you're not into the minutia of this as much as we are. But um, when, when you're dealing with this class, there's no defensive lineman committed in 2022. And I, I don't, I, maybe some of that's because they're waiting on JT to allow out to figure out exactly what the needs are. But you have Omar Abor coming in this weekend. You've got Caden Curry stopping in at some point in the month, not taking an official visit, but he'll be coming in. Uh, you have Christian Miller who's on campus and, you know, a defensive tackle and you offer another 22 defensive tackle why he's there. Um, you have Chris McClellan from Oklahoma who just picked up an offer from Alabama. And he's a guy that I think, I think personally might be the best fit as far as style, size, athleticism for Ohio state and what he can do. I think he's the best blend at that six foot three, 330 pounds moves really well, or 300 pounds moves really well. Um, but now you throw a new name into the mix and a lot of people in our line of work were like, Oh, that's interesting. Why would they do that now? And, you know, I think that's a valid question to ask because you got, you know, you first time you've seen this kid and then you pull a trigger on an offer. What do you guys make of that sort of 
reaction? Is it, is it hyper reactive to offer someone the first time you see them? <laughs> well, I think it's not the most common thing. Even I know that without being at every camp that's ever happened, but I, you know, the other part of this that's inter uh, interesting with this summer is like, there was a possibility until last week that none of us could have watched what happened yesterday in person. And that would have made it hard to believe if you hadn't seen someone at six foot five, 300 plus pounds running that time, like that couldn't have been real um, without seeing what Spencer saw with Larry Johnson's reaction. I mean, when you see those physical tools and when Larry Johnson has the opportunity to evaluate in person, well, that makes sense. You don't question, uh, you know, he, he doesn't need a lot of time to process. Can I work with this kid? Does he have the tools that I need? And then to marry that with my perspective at the position that this kid could play, I mean, Ohio State's going to have to replace Antoine Jackson and Haskell Garrett. If Teron Vincent has the kind of breakout year that's long been expected, you don't, you're at most, you're going to get two years, but you could only get one. Um, the defensive line for Ohio State, yes, they put a lot of baskets. This was not the last word on Tui Malau. I mean, you have to keep, you have to wonder what's the backup plan if you don't hit that home run this month or heading into that first week of July. So, you see this kid in person, that's the value of these workouts. That's the value of Larry Johnson running them uh, and working with these kids. Obviously, you named all those people that are involved and that Ohio State is actively recruiting, um, and you're much more familiar with all that. But it, you can change people's minds in a hurry when you put that athletic, at that athleticism on film, on tape, written down on cards when they're measuring you. So you have to you look at where he is in his recruitment. You have, if you want to be part of it, you have to be part of it now, right? I mean, this is so many things are going to fall into place in the month of June. And if you view if Ohio State views him as someone they can turn into a championship defensive lineman, uh, somebody up front, wherever you want. I mean, that's you got to act on that. A couple other things I noticed with Kenneth Grant as you watched him go through drills. Rarely did you see him with his hands on his hips, his hands on his knees. For 350 pounds, the kid is in incredible shape. Um, you know, and, and that goes hand in hand with the way he ran and the way he stretched and his flexibility. And then you look at his hands. I, I was watching his hands after he had run that. I wanted to see, was he just quick with the way he moved or could he use his hands as well? He's really good with that. I think this is a guy who, if he would have camped earlier, if, if recruiting was normal, I think he probably would have offers from other places a lot more offers by now. I think he's just maybe a, a late bloomer when it comes to getting on people's radar because of the way the dead period happened. You wonder, like you said, Berm, it's kind of odd to see a guy come in, you know, first sight, you see him, you offer him. But at the same time, that might be the way that, that Ohio State and other programs have to approach that this year because they just haven't seen a lot of these guys. And so exactly. I wonder if they're going to have to strike a balance between not rushing to judgment and offering kids just because of one camp, but also you might have to do that with this cycle just because that's the way the NCAA has made recruiting for this this year. The other part of that, Berm, is that you know, my guess would be you're not going to see this happen at every single camp. Yeah. Um, you know, Ohio State can't afford to suddenly expand the net and add, you know, 40, 50 more offers. You know that they're not going to do that. So it's I think it's more indicative. This kid proved to be an exception. It's someone that they didn't know could play at this level or move at that with that kind of speed, uh, that athleticism. And, you know, you, you, or at this point, they've done enough evaluations that there won't be a ton of surprises. But when you have these camps, you open up the opportunity for that to happen. It doesn't mean that they'll even, you know, finish the deal here and get this kid to commit. But, um, you know, Ohio State knows what they what they like and what they want. And when they see that, they're they're not going to hold back.
Yeah, this is a situation where this month of June, and we've talked about it over and over now, but... Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. These kids have waited so long for these opportunities. They are not going to waste a lot of time um, trying to build relationships with new schools after June. I mean, this is a kids who have spent the last 16 months getting to know one or two or three schools, and they're going to see those schools and then they're going to make decisions. And while it doesn't seem like there is an immediate decision coming for Kevin Grant, he has said that he's taking official visits in the fall. That actually probably plays to Ohio State's benefit because now they have a couple months to kind of get to know him as a, as a person on top of what they saw on the field, but also to make sure that a kid of that size is able to control the, the, the things that he can control, his weight, making sure that he doesn't, um, you know, get out of hand. He's listed on his profiles at 330 pounds. He checked in at 350. Um, you know, so it, it's certainly a kid that you have to do some some homework on and make sure that you're watching how he develops. But those raw skills at, at, at that size, and this is one of those questions that people constantly ask, where, where is the big time, where is the, where is the big defensive tackles that Ohio State needs? And, and the answer is almost always, well, they're in Alabama, they're in Georgia, they're in LSU, they're in Florida. You don't see kids of this size moving like this in the Midwest that much anymore. And so I think when you see one of those guys in the 180-mile radius of Columbus, that, that home recruiting zone, Larry Johnson is not going to just sit there and go, oh, okay, you can go to Nebraska, you can go to Michigan. Um, you know, that sort of size and speed combination, that sort of quickness, and you're talking Jonathan Hankins-type player. Uh, potentially down the road. And and that's why I think you have to pull the trigger on the offer because you don't often want those big, I, I don't want to say, I say this in the nicest possible way, those big fat one techs that Ohio State uh, doesn't really have much of anymore. You have the Teron Vincent, you have the Antoine Jacksons, the six foot three, 300 pound kids that are um, some somewhat three techs that they're forcing to play the one. This is a true one tech, and they go after these guys every couple of years. You saw it with Rashard Lawrence and Dexter Lawrence and Christian Wilkins, guys like that. But they're very rarely in the footprint of, of Columbus. And it's hard to say Chicago doesn't always feel like footprint of Columbus, but it is uh, on the recruiting trail, especially when you're in the Big Ten and you're Ohio State. So um, it, it's fascinating to see how this unfolds, but also how it does impact the other guys because – the, the very real likelihood is a, a kid like Kenneth Grant, as impressive as he was, if he's waiting until the fall to make his official visits, there may not be a spot for him anyway because kids like, as I said, Chris McClellan, Christian Miller, uh, Caden Curry, the the inside guys that the Buckeyes have been recruiting for a while may take it. So, you know, that that's the 22 class. I, I don't think there was anything else on Wednesday in the class of 2022 that was really um, – worth talking about other than Christian Miller and his workout. And of course his just, you know, presence, the kid is just an absolute gem of a human being to be around. He's so much fun. Um, and you see a kid like that. And the one thing I noticed about Christian Miller on Wednesday was every single Ohio state coach liked talking to us, every single one of them from, from Larry Johnson to Brian Hartline to the staff members behind the scenes, 
they just genuinely like the kid's personality and like him being around. And, you know, we've seen it at, at Ohio State in the last few years, Austin, especially like with our, our guy, Robert Landers, like Jonathan Cooper. The, these are just big personalities that have a lot of fun. And they, he just seems like a kid who fits Ohio State to a T. I think that there was a, a time uh, in the middle of the Urban Meyer era where Ohio State basically earned this reputation as being all business and they didn't want to be viewed as exactly the same way as Alabama. Cause they, you know, just for, just for a one night comparison, what happened when, you know, Alabama compared to that 2014 Ohio state team, which was looser and more fun, but they, there's just a stretch where, you know, Ohio state didn't have that. It was too much NF, too much NFL. Maybe they're still winning a lot of games. I'm not saying there was anything wrong with it, but there's, I think there's been a shift in the way that they're recruiting kids, families, personalities, and, and embracing some of that um, to go off on a completely separate tangent. That's also going to be part of name, image, and likeness. So uh, you want you want some of these outgoing kids. It helps your locker room. Um, you know, I, I was impressed with everything I saw from him. You're talking about just the engaging personality, but also I, I don't think I would have lasted two minutes in one of Larry Johnson's workouts, even when I was in the best shape of my life. And uh, he went through about 25 minutes. Circle from- is the shape. Remember. <laughs> well, I didn't used to be a circle, but uh, that's that's neither here nor there for this show. Um, he didn't. They didn't use the whole hour. They didn't need to because it's just you know Larry Johnson going from one nation to the next with one kid and you know absorbing coaching and that, that was really cool to see because um, that just happened to be a quirk of the schedule because we're not going to be invited to watch a lot of those when kids are on unofficial visits. Um, so to see one of those up close and what Ohio State's trying to accomplish was pretty, uh, pretty neat to see. And, and by the end of that, uh, Spencer talked about watching guys, how they get through drills. I mean, Christian Miller was gassed, uh, dropping down to a knee. And, you know, Larry Johnson kind of got a chuckle out of that. Like, this is what it's going to take. Like, do you want to be an NFL first round pick? Because I know how to turn you into one. And I think that's a really cool opportunity that kids and the coaching staff have this year. And that's kind of all bundled up into one with, this kid who, if you're, if you're looking at what happened yesterday, had to have been one of the most, uh, you know, spotlighted kids in that, in that, in that camp like setting. Yeah. We talked about how Larry Johnson's eyes lit up when he saw one defensive tackle. Every time you mention Larry Johnson's name to Christian Miller, his eyes just light up and he could talk about Larry Johnson 10 different times. The 11th time you ask him about him, he's still going to have the same res- type of response. He's going to get excited and, and, and a little, you know, emotional with a smile when he, when he talks about Larry Johnson, he loves, Larry Johnson, he understands what he can do for him and how he can turn him into a first-round pick. I think that was heightened yesterday by seeing him go through the workout, by being able to to work work out one-on-one with Larry Johnson. I think, you know, that was a big part of why Christian Miller wanted to come up and work out, even though this wasn't an official visit. You know, he had to pay for himself to get up here. He really wanted that that one-on-one time with Larry Johnson. He got it, and you could tell he appreciated it. And I think that's what separates Ohio State in this recruitment ultimately is the fact that he knows what he has in Larry Johnson. And if he can get teaching from Larry Johnson for three or four years, what he can become. And you saw him as, you know, maybe raw as he looks uh, when he's going through those drills, you see what he could become. And I think that's what, what really gives Ohio state a leg up here. And what gives Christian Miller a leg up is that personality that you guys talked about. And I think the the real rub here in this, in this recruitment and Austin touched on it with name, image and likeness, Christian Miller, 
is a kid who understands the value of what he is going to do. And that's one of the reasons why he's very interested in USC and the life of, of Hollywood. And, and that to, to me, I, I know that people continually bring up Georgia as that, that spot for him because he's from Georgia. To me, this is an Ohio State USC fight. He did talk about maybe going out to Oklahoma instead of Louisville uh, on the weekend of the 18th. But the bigger thing here is, is he someone that is learning from the past because his mentor, his role model, the guy that he looks up to more than anyone in the world is Antoine Jackson uh, from Cedar Grove High School as well. Antoine Jackson had this same respect and same adoration for Larry Johnson when he was in high school that Christian Miller does. And Antoine Jackson still picked Auburn. And it took him three years to get back to Ohio State. And it's taken him now two years later to have an opportunity to really be a contributor at Ohio State. And uh, when I was down in Atlanta talking to Christian in, in March, we talked about that struggle for Antoine and the fact that it took him these many years to get to this spot. And the, the road to where you need to be doesn't always um, come easily, but you also don't have to make it harder than it should be. And I think that Antoine Jackson made it harder than it should have been because he knew in high school that he wanted to play for Larry Johnson and decided to get wrapped up or to believe in the other things, the other hype that he was looking for on the recruiting trail. And I think that that's where the Christian Miller recruitment, I think it ends up with him at Ohio State because I do believe that he will listen to Antoine Jackson in a way that he hasn't listened to other, or that maybe Antoine Jackson didn't have someone to guide him. And I think that's a fascinating subplot here. And we'll see how it plays out over the next few weeks. But I did want to go back just to that workout, the, the unofficial visit workout, because, you know, Austin, you're there as a different set of eyes and ears watching this camp than, than maybe I am or even Spencer is, but. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. There was this belief, I think, from some of these kids. And Carter Smith, a, a 22 offensive tackle from OMTNG, um, Liberty, two days ago, did his workout for Ohio State. And we were talking after. And he says that he thought going into it, it might be a, a you know kind of a casual workout. And we saw what Larry Johnson did with, with, with Christian Miller. And that was only 25, 30 minutes. Yes. And Carter Smith, who's trying to fight for an offer on the offensive line, had a full on hour workout. And he told me again, like I said, I thought this was going to be something different. And we were talking afterwards and he says, you know, halfway through, I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, I'm going to puke. And then, and then he says, and Ryan Day came up to me and introduced himself and said, Hey, I'm coach day. And all I was thinking was, don't puke on Coach Day. Don't puke on Coach Day. Don't puke on Coach Day. And I think that it's a wonderful wake-up call for these kids who have had an opportunity to sit back for the last 18 months and kind of relax if they wanted to, that this summer is just going to be vital for these, vital for these 22s. And I think that and that's why I called it such a unique opportunity for both the players and the coaches. And Look, they may take unofficial visits and they may have these one hour windows with other programs where it is, you know, let's see you, let's see you run the 40. Let's, you know, let's measure you. 
uh, maybe do a couple position drills and let you know what the, you know, how we, how we might coach you. Um, that's fine. But this is a program in Ohio state that wants to win national championships every single year. They're not going to waste their time, not getting the information they need or letting the actual kid know this is what it takes. This is, this is just a one hour glimpse of what one day would be like in workouts, practices, um, individual drills, whatever, whatever you want to say, that's every day. So I think that somebody who is coming in and think that, that it might be a cakewalk. Well, there's nothing about playing football at Ohio state that is ever going to be easy. And th they have to recognize that if you can't get through one hour with coach Jay uh, in a June, well, you know, this probably isn't the place for you. And yeah, wait, till, wait till wait till wait till McMurray gets all you for an entire yeah. summer and see how you feel then. And so, and that doesn't, you know, it's not that you try and weed kids out that way. I don't think that's the intention for Greg Studrawa and Larry Johnson, but it's they're trying to get the information and they're trying to give you a taste of what it may be like if you're at Ohio State. And if you don't think that that is the life for you, and again, that's not the way, that's not the situation for these two kids, but uh anyone who's expecting less when they show up when you're getting one hour of Brian Hartline's time or one hour with Tony Alford they don't they're not going to waste that I mean they're going to they're going to put you through the paces and that's their only opportunity to find out in that setting if that kid can hack can hack it and if that kid wants to make it and that kid can make a determination for himself because it, it's look it just will not be easy they're not they're not going to go through the paces with anybody that's coming in there to the woody I like when you unintentionally stumble on a point, or maybe it was unintentional. Maybe you don't know you're stumbling on the point, but it, it, it speaks to what this summer at Ohio State is really all about. It is, it's not about finding the guys that are, are going to be a part of the team. It's not about finding recruits that they know they want. It's more about finding the kids that can't be a part of the program and making sure that they know which kids they don't want. Because Ohio State, with 12 commitments in the class of 2022, after 16 months of not seeing anybody, is not in a hurry to fill that class. Now, they certainly are going are, are, are to be interested in a number of kids that are on campus this coming weekend for official visitors. Uh, the, the Xavier Wampas of the world, the Zion branches, they would take, you know, say yes, absolutely to those kids this weekend if they, if they want in. But they're not in a hurry to fill those spots. And that, that's the same um, general principle when it comes to the recruiting of the quarterback position in 2023. And I think that's where we'll – We'll, we'll turn this because we could talk about this camp. I mean, we were there for 10 hours. I could talk about it for probably twice that long about all the little <laughs> details. But that did offer two of the 23 quarterbacks, not of the 23 quarterbacks, two of the class of 2023 quarterbacks that were in attendance at the camp on Wednesday. Eli Holstein from Zachary, Louisiana, and Nico uh, Iamaleva. Iamaleva. Ia, 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 I don't know. Iamaleva. Ia, Iamaleva from California. Um, There's 10 hours coming right there. Yeah. Iam, Iamaleva, that's what it is. Um, and, and both of those guys were good. I mean, I don't know that either one of them, from what I was watching, separated themselves from the other. But it was a, it was really Ohio State saying, you two are ones we want to see more of. And we're going to keep watching. At this point, they know. Ohio State knows what they have at quarterback. And boy, oh, boy. And we'll talk about this on another show probably next Monday. But as the night went on, Austin had to go home. Spencer and I were still there at the very end when two of the guys that the Buckeyes have at quarterback were inside of the Woody Hayes Athletic Center just working out. 
uh, extra. And we got our first glance of seeing what they have at quarterback, really. And those are some dudes. And so they know that that sell, that, that conversation with these 23 quarterbacks is going to be pretty difficult because that's not even talking about Jack Miller and Quinn Ewers who are also coming, you know, who are there coming in. With Kyle McCord and C.J. Stroud and Quinn Ewers and Jack Miller, the conversation with any 2023 quarterback has to involve these words. We don't need you to play for six years. And that, boy, is a, is a difficult pill to swallow for a kid who is the man at his high school. The biggest thing is, to me, is like Nico, I'm not going to try to say his name, the kid <laughs> from California. He is one of the I'm top quarterbacks. There you go. It's one of the top quarterbacks in the country. Trying to tell him he's not going to play for five or six years is an incredibly tough sell. Trying to even tell Eli Holstein, who's a little bit further down the rankings, but Ohio State obviously likes him a lot. That's going to be a very tough sell for a kid who's trying to earn offers from every program in the SEC, seeing that he's from Zachary, Louisiana. So I think this recruiting of the 2023 quarterbacks is going to be very interesting and very difficult to navigate. But I think Ohio State knows what it's doing. And I think that's why it only talked to two yesterday and didn't bring in more guys. Well, I mean, they, they had other kids there. This Chris Parsons from Tennessee was really good. I thought uh, uh, Kenny Mitchie from Tennessee had an up and down day, but he's got a nice frame. Um, they had a number of young guys, but Austin, I think the interesting thing here is, is you have to have that conversation that says we may not need you for six years, but then you also have to be able to tell them, but Hey, that could change because the game of college football has changed so much you can't just say, okay, well, we're going to skip the quarterback position this year because the very realistic, I mean, it, it is absolute certainty that one of the three quarterbacks on the current roster are not going to be there at the end of this year. I mean, I, I don't think anyone is foolish enough to say that that's, um, you know, pandering or, 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 or being a negative Nancy or whatever. Like these kids have opportunities. They know it. So the goal for Ohio State is like, how can we make sure we don't lose two of them? Because if you lose two of them, all of a sudden the entire thing shifts. And so how do you how do you think that they approach this knowing that you have to be realistic and say you could not play for five or six years, but also we might need you in two years from now, so please be ready. Yeah, I think you know, Ohio State can't and won't, you know, pass on taking the best quarterback that they can possibly get in 2023. You and I, Spencer, we all know that very well. Uh, and they will still be able to get a very good one. Now, the, the key to that is they're going to have to retain them in the long long haul uh, or this process will continue. Uh, I think you focus on the development and then that honest conversation. Um, you know, we've seen this play out a number of times with Ohio State, um, and it's going to continue to be as long as Ryan Day is here and, and quarterbacks, the best quarterbacks in the country, want to come play for him. It, you have to use it to your advantage, what happened with Joe Burrow, um, why both C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller uh, decided to sign in the same class, why Quinn Ewers and Kyle McCord were not worried about that competition. You have to focus on what you can offer, even if you are not playing and being the man and the starting quarterback at Ohio State, and how quickly that situation can change. Uh, again, to use Joe Burrow, um, you know, he, he waited his turn, and then his situation changed overnight, and it wound up being somewhere else, but he was prepared for, for that by Ohio State and kept in the loop about his situation. Um, you know, uh, Justin Fields, uh, how quickly his situation coming in changed for Ohio State uh, with Tate Martell and Matthew Baldwin and all those things. Like, There's plenty of examples that Ohio State can point to both in and out of the program that reflect Ryan Day's ability to directly 
communicate the situation for their quarterbacks, and then they can decide on their best move. You know, Ohio State believes it has a lot to offer, uh, and you can see that they do with what's happened with the you know last decade at that position. But uh, none of this is possible if you promise somebody that you're going to play in this period of time, and you have to tell them, as you said, there's that possibility that it may be five or six down years down the road, and then you take that information as you will and determine what path you want to take if you're that young quarterback. Yeah, and, and I think it's just fascinating to see how this unfolds because the Buckeyes are going to host – I mean, outside of Arch Manning, who I, I don't think will visit Ohio State, I know there's been some discussion about him wanting to. He's not going to go to Ohio State, so let's not, like, try to push that, you know, narrative. It's not a real thing. Uh, maybe he wants to visit. Everyone wants to visit Ohio State. It's a cool place. It's a historical place. You want to see it. But he's not going to Ohio State. And I think what's fascinating is talking to C.J. Stroud a little bit yesterday because he was out there. and. You know, we'll talk again. We're going to talk a lot more about what we saw yes. out of CJ Stroud yes, yesterday. We are. But CJ Stroud, we were, you know, just talking in passing. He quite simply said, I'm not afraid of any quarterback in the country. There was never a moment that he was worried about who else was at Ohio State or who might come after him or who was there before him. And if you want to be the best quarterback in the country, that has to be your mentality, period. And so, Whoever this class of 2023 quarterback ends up being at Ohio State, and that's not to say that any kid shouldn't look at the depth chart, as we've talked about many times. You should look at it. It's a realistic concern. Your goal is to get on the field as soon as possible and get developed as well as you can. But whoever that quarterback ends up being, and they're going to see 24 of the probably top 25 quarterbacks in the country during this month. Whoever that kid is is going to want to be a Buckeye, and he's going to want what Ryan Day is going to be able to teach him. And, and what Corey Dennis is going to be able to teach him about the, the Ohio State offense. And that is why Buckeyes fans shouldn't really worry. Yes, they're going to offer a lot of these kids this month. I would imagine you're going to see a handful more offers go out in that class. Dylan Longerin from Georgia, who's coming up next week, I think is, is a really, really good player. I think he's going to get an offer. Um, and then you have my, my favorite in the class is that Ricky Collins from Baton Rouge. He's coming at the end of the month. There's a handful of guys that I think will get offered. Um, but the recruiting battle at quarterback in 23 is just getting started, and it very likely will not include anyone that's close. Uh, to It probably will not include the kids we saw yesterday. It's Holstein and Ian Malava, who is now going – they're both going to Clemson this weekend. That's going to be interesting to see how they, they fare there. I would expect that Clemson will offer Holstein. Um, they, they have offered uh, Ian Malava over the last couple of days. They generally only offer one at a time. So we'll see if he ends up at Clemson with, uh, you know, DJ Uyunglele. And last thing, because we're running out of time here, but that visit brought DJ's dad, Big Dave, to Ohio State. And he got an opportunity to meet Larry Johnson for the first time. And Mateo Uyunglele is the younger brother of DJ, the quarterback of Clemson. And there's, there's just a feeling that Ohio State, there's people at Ohio State who think that they legitimately have an opportunity there to pull off the upset because of Larry Johnson. So We'll talk more about that. We have a, a ton of stuff we could talk about with this camp. So uh, we're just going to wrap it up there. Austin Ward, Spencer Holbrook. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. This is Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast on LettermanRow.com. Check us out on the website. Like, rate, review, subscribe. See you later. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.